My name's Joseph Gallivan, and you're listening to Art Focus on KBOO Portland. My guests this week are Christian Viveros Fone and Derek Franklin. They are the guest curator and artistic director of Converge 45, a visual arts festival which opens August 24th and runs through the end of December. Thanks very much for doing Art Focus in person in the studio. Thank you. Thank you, Joseph. My first time back in the studio in three and a bit years. So if it's rusty, sorry. Uh, no worries. It's great to see you at Converge 45. We've had it here before. It never really got very high profile. I didn't understand what it was. This time it's come back much bigger and stronger than ever. You know, if you look at converge45.org, you'll see dozens of shows. There is so much going on. And also, there are things that were going to happen here anyway are also under the Converge 45 umbrella. But you two put together this incredible visual arts show just for Portland, and you're calling it a biennial. So why a biennial? This is, yeah, this is Christian uh, Viveros-Rone. So, you know, there's a there's a model for these sorts of um, visual arts festivals. Um, they begin really at the end of the 19th century in Venice, uh, Italy. Um, and and essentially they sort of kick off um, a number of other kinds of events that tend to be sort of all city. They're not bound by a single institution or a single piece of real estate. Um, they're tied into cities and the way that they define themselves and the way that they um, conceive of their sort of cultural energies. Um, that's really kind of what we want to do in Portland. Um, and, you know, I guess one of the other things that we want to do in Portland is to get rid of the what is Converge 45, um, uh, you know, uh, question. Mm -hmm. um, uh, listen, it, it, there, is a, there is a storied but underknown history to Converge 45. There was a great first um, uh, effort put out in 2008, and then COVID rolled around and sort of like essentially truncated uh, effort two. So we've got 1.5 under our belts. And what we've put together, right, what the institution of Converge 45 has put together with, with our 15 plus institutional partners is, you know, we hope the kind of show that raises the bar and answers the question definitively going forward um, about what not only what Converge 45 is, but but the the way Portland understands itself um, uh, with regards to it, its own culture vis-a-vis -vis the visual arts. Mm -hmm. 45 meaning the 45th parallel? Exactly. Yeah. Do Does anyone identify with that parallel? I mean, I guess people who live here. <laughs> <laughs> but you're bringing in artists from around the world as well as local. Yeah. Yes. So, so it's really international, right? Yes. How does the world see the art world in Portland? Part of the subtitle of Converge 45 as an organization, Art on the 45th Parallel, is about that parallel running so close to Portland, but also wrapping around the world and thinking about it as being a type of connecting line from the community here and the arts community here to global discourses around arts and uh, what those things can mean and how an import and export of ideas can happen here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think part of the argument is that, like, 
you know, Portland punches way above its weight culturally for, for you know, for a city of less than a million souls. Um, it's known in Europe and it's known, I mean, as an Englishman, you, you I, I'm sure you know that, I, I you know, mm -hmm. um, uh, I'm in places in South America and I'm in places in Europe and I tell them about what we're essentially cooking up um, and on the verge of delivering and, and they know Portland, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. um, they know Portland for a number of reasons, some of them being recent news mm -hmm. um, and, and some of them being sort of older news about the kind of culture that's been created here. You know, the poetry, the food, the music, the visual arts history is not as well known. And that's part of our job to essentially sort of uncover that and deliver that as part of the story. So when you do a biennial, you, you kind of gather up your energy every two years, and take over the city. Derek, tell us about one of, one of the pieces that fascinates me, and it connects to what you said about parallels. Sam Hamilton, it's Te Moana Meridian. So he's imagining what if Greenwich Mean Time went through the, the global south. Yes. So it would be somewhere in New Zealand, maybe? Yeah, or the Pacific Ocean. Okay. Sam Hamilton's piece, which will be on view at Oregon Contemporary, is a five-channel video installation that is essentially an opera that was written through Sam's uh, correspondence with the UN, asking the UN, what if? What if we moved the Prime Meridian to the Global South? It's this beautiful, immersive piece that you come into the gallery and it surrounds you with the five channels of video that essentially has an opera singer from Portland singing the opera, while simultaneously an opera singer from New Zealand is singing the same piece from the Parliament building in New Zealand. And then um, within the inner frames of the five channels, there's indigenous performers performing this choreographed dance, if you would call it a dance, um, with each other and with the Pacific Ocean, kind of communing with the ocean, communicating with the ocean, which really um, goes back to how the ocean has been used for centuries w among ancestors as a holistic place, a place where you um, considered the environment and the earth in which we come from, and then also how it's been a place in which historically peoples have traveled, been nomadic, developed ways to commune and communicate with other uh, indigenous cultures and non-indigenous cultures and how it's a site for business and travel now. The um, kind of postcard image of, of this work is somebody on a beach holding up a giant golden disc with their face hidden, their body hidden. It, which part of the, uh, of the action is that? Um, that, is, that comes from the center of the, the five channels, which is kind of a metaphorical narrative that tells the story of this um, interaction between the UN and Sam Hamilton and the golden circle kind of represents the sun rising over the horizon of the ocean and the possibilities that a new day can bring. Was this bit the Oregon coast or was this yes, New Zealand? Uh, okay. Oregon coast. Okay. It's kind of funny so many petitions the UN and, and then second action is write an opera. <laughs> yes. Well, you certainly were sort of one of the like, 
you want to dramatize the hell out of it, particularly out of a refusal to engage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the other thing about about this particular uh, film is that, you know, Sam basically cooked it up during COVID, um, including sort of shooting footage. That's actually sort of happened with with a, with a number of the bigger pieces that were that we have on right um, mm -hmm. for Converge. I, I, we should also mention the title of this specific show, right? So, Converge Forty Five is the institution. This show is called Social Forms: Colon uh, Art as Global Citizenship. That those are the thematics that basically run throughout the fifteen exhibitions around the city. Mm -hmm. So that thing of the Risa in in Beaverton is um, paintings from Chile. Yeah, there's during the. From an artist who grew up in the seventies. Well, he's he's New York based. He's Chilean born. Uh, he was there until he was in Chile until after the coup. I'm Chilean, by the way, so we're we're he's he's somebody I'm quite close to. He essentially his work engages violence, destruction, and so what you have is about a thirty foot painting, thirty some foot painting um, of the city of Holmes, um, essentially you know decimated, wrecked. Um, it's it's. Put together, uh, I should say that the artist's name is Jorge Tacla, right? Um, uh, the the image is cobbled together from about I don't know I'm guessing somewhere around twenty some um, uh, digital images that he found on the web or or you know that that he found uh, in newspapers or other publications, um, and he made up he, they make up a painted panorama of the city of homes essentially sort of destroyed. It's also uh, on a scaffolding. So it, it, it's presented as a billboard. It's presented to basically spectacularize um, this great tragedy, right? Mm -hmm. You have another billboard going up by Peter Gronquist, Portland artist. It's on the East Bank Commerce Center. The, Peter is a, is a terrific uh, artist who happens to be Portland-based. The, the piece is called a Skyline, and it is literally a skyline. It happens to be... Um, on the billboard is 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 entirely mirrored, right? So it reflects the sun, the sky, the clouds, and in in many ways, you know, the natural landscape, right? Um, but it has a piece of neon sort of streaked across it. Um, it, it is a cheaper and uh, more environmentally conscious way of skywriting than like getting up in a plane and um, uh, and and wasting all that uh, gasoline. Well, that petrol, but but it's it's a it's a really beautiful piece, quite minimal in, in its sort of minimal in its in its design and maximal in its actual sort of delivery. Mm -hmm. Sorry, does it have anything on it like neon or anything? No, it's just well, a mirror. No, no, it's just the mirror. Okay, but the neon there's a neon line streaked across it. Okay, you know, so it's like it it it's literally skywriting. Mm -hmm. So when at night you will see a lighted up streak on a billboard and during the day you won't see the neon but when it starts when the sun starts to go down you will see all of the all of the lighting effects that dusk produces reflected on that billboard mm -hmm. and on that neon mm -hmm. sounds amazing it's gorgeous will the general public know it's there is there going to be a big label next to everyone it? who tunes in to what we're doing <laughs> will know it's there <laughs> we gotta, we're gotta, messaging <laughs> the the Christ out of this man. We got to get the word out about things like that. That's, subtle. That's subtle what we're talking to you. Thank you. Tell us, Derek, about Richard Moss, um, Broken Spectre. Richard Moss is an Irish artist now based in New York. 
Broken Spectre is an hour and seven minute video piece. It's a four channel video, immersive video installation at the Hoffman Gallery at Lewis and Clark College. And it basically documents Richard being embedded in the Amazon rainforest for four years, documenting deforestation in many different ways. It has a range from tracking people who are burning the forest down to what the cattle industry has done to the Amazon with leather production to the indigenous fight to slow deforestation to this unique thing that Richard Moss does, which is changing the weapon of deforestation with his multispectral photography, which is Mm -hmm. a drone photography used by mining corporations to find minerals and other things that they're searching for to mine. And he's retrofitted that type of photography for his own work. And there's something miraculous that happens when he does that, which is like we all know with wildfires, often there's much more fire underground than is seen above ground. And it captures that. It is a piece that is shocking, beautiful, riveting, and a thing that you can't walk away and unsee it. It's one of those pieces of art that whether you agree, love it, or dislike it, it will never be able to be erased from your your memory. It makes immediate the damage that we've done uh, to the world's lungs, which is essentially what the Amazon's been called, rightly so, but also to our own sort of ecological situation. Um, Mm -hmm. It is crucial, clearly. um, What happens in the Amazon is crucial to our well-being, right? Um, It is crucial to stopping global warming. And, and, you know, you get a a first-person account from from Richard that actually isn't his. It's it's everybody else's but his. It's not authored that way. In in any event, you know, it's a really, really powerful piece. It's It's generally satellite based technology. Um, again, it's used, as Derek mentioned, it's used by agribusiness and mining interests, right? I mean, he's clearly not working with the regular uh, camera, right? Um, he's working with multispectral imaging, right? And multispectral imaging basically sort of captures image data within specific wave- wavelength ra- ranges o- across the electromagnetic spe- spectrum. So that's like frequencies beyond the visible light range that. that uh, both infrared and ultraviolet, it, it makes visible what is invisible to the human eye. Mm-hmm. Um, again, these kinds of technologies are generally uh, mounted on satellites, um, and those kind of images are beamed back down to Earth and run through digital programming, and they give you information about, for example, what what areas are good to grow alfalfa, in, um, what are good areas to mine for. Um, I don't know, let's say lithium, you know, that that's essentially what the technology is designed to do. So what Richard does and what Richard's been doing since he really sort of began his career um, is is using what he calls aggravated media that is sort of photographic media, right? Um, that is intended for one use and sort of turn it turn it on its head. So uh, a significant part of Broken Spectre is done um, uh, with this kind of uh, um, imagery. Um, and again, uh, the, 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 the fact that there's this old sort of line in sort of Marxist theory about the imminent critique, that is, you take the thing from the inside, you turn, you turn the sock inside out. 
um, and you come up with a completely different situation. Mm -hmm. uh, essentially, to it, it, it registers way beyond what we can actually physically see. We're going to go see it then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My name's Joseph Gallivan. You're listening to Art Focus on KBOO Portland. My guests this week are Christian Viveros Fone and Derek Franklin. They are the guest curator and artistic director of Converge 45, which opens August 24th and runs through the end of December. A local artist you have is Marie Watt. She is known for her take on Native American artifacts. She often uses blankets. Marie showing here. Uh, Marie has a large-scale neon sculpture at the Native Arts and Cultural Foundation. I had Marie as a faculty member when I was an art student at Portland Community College, and I remember Oh, what Marie, campus were you at? Uh, Sylvania. All right. And I remember nice. Marie saying this thing about the blankets and how we all have a type of connection to a blanket because it's something that we come into this world and wrapped in and it's something that we leave this world wrapped in and marie's piece is about this idea of turtle island turtle island is uh sort of a pan-indigenous idea for the earth Challenge. the show's called chords to other chords yes chords like yes. piano chords yes the, that that is that is the title of the show the the large neon reads turtle island and Turtle Island and refers again to this sort of pan-indigenous um, idea of the world as, as a, essentially a turtle floating on the ocean. And the end is essentially sort of added on so that Marie, uh, or rather the viewer, can imagine the extension of the idea of Turtle Island to other um, indig indigenous cosmogonies around the world, around the country first, around the world. Um, and I'd venture to say to other cosmogonies, period. It's at the Native Arts and Cultural Foundation on Southeast 10th Avenue. That's the old Yale Union. Yes, right? correct. The, okay, so it's it's up and running again. Yeah, and so this took a break. This project also speaks to what it takes to do something like Converge 45, right? Where things shift, things move, um, ideas shift. You know, I think this was originally thought of as like a public work that was signage and then um, shifted into being this kind of indoor sculptural project housed at the Native Arts and Cultural Foundation. And essentially the neon work is installed onto this plywood sculptural structure and it has been covered with all these signs visual references and other things to speak towards indigenous um, activism, indigenous community building and rebuilding. Um, and so it has this nice relationship to Portland also in thinking about the way in which an urban landscape can also be a billboard for all these movements of people trying to find how they fit into the world and how they can change the world and how they can find a way to write the the scale of justice. Mm -hmm. You get to use the Jordan Schnitzer Family Foundation collection, 
which is kind of Jordan Schnitzer's favorite art that he collects, and just get to go through it and do whatever you want and pick a theme. Um, and the title of the exhibition is called We Are the Revolution. The, You've picked 30 artists from his. We have, yeah. So, yeah, the 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 show at the warehouse, uh, at the showroom in Yeon, um, is called We Are the Revolution. Again, that comes under the larger umbrella of artist social form, um, which runs throughout the 15-plus sites um, where we have where we have our art exhibitions uh, in the city. And what we were able to do, because Jordan collects so extensively and has been at this for some time, actually along with his mother, because there was a significant amount of work that, that Erlene Snitzer picked up, very important works, from, for example, by Robert Colescott that we're featuring in this show. But we took a an original piece from Joseph Boys that had that title, We Are the Revolution, but in Italian, La Revoluzione Somo Noi, and put together what we have conceived of as sort of the historical backbone for the rest of the show that we're doing throughout the city. Um, what do I mean by that? I, I, I mean that um, about half the show is is uh, artists that have passed. Um, Robert Rauschenberg, Andy Warhol, Joseph Boyce himself, um, uh, uh, but who essentially sort of like put down markers for ways in which art engages society, right, um, during its own time. Um, so these are works that are involved with politics, Right. Uh, politics in 1973, politics in 1968, politics in 1982, on and on up until the present. Um, I do want to sort of underscore that that's exactly what we're doing with the rest of the show throughout the 15 sites plus. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I think that's fundamental for for our listeners to understand um, what we get to do, you know, in kid in a candy store kind of mode um, is come through really what is clearly one of the most important collections in the Pacific Northwest, if not way beyond that, um, and put together what, I, you know, I, we think it's a really sort of eloquent show mm -hmm. uh, historically. Uh, across town, as it were, or at least across the river, we have a, a, a group show across three spaces in the Pearl at Stella Arts, um, uh, at PNCA, uh, and a Parallax uh, Art Center um, of living artists, right, um, who essentially sort of mirror uh, the artists and We Are a Revolution mm. over at the Jordan Snitter um, warehouse. Um, yeah. I, I was going to ask, can you, as, as curators, can you spot artists who have that kind of Joseph Boyce power or, or the, their kind of voice? Early on, can you see someone in their 20s and 30s who has that uh, kind of, you know, when they're 80, that their work will still have kind of power and relevance? I think there's so many factors in which the world is hard to survive in. If any artist can make it into their 80s and continue to make work, it is a journey of the miraculous mm -hmm. kind of period. Mm -hmm. um, there's already been something that's amazing that a person could do that, right? Because the moment you become an artist, you won, you've chosen a different model to live. And it's not the easiest model, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of work. People go to exhibitions and they see things and it's like a puff of smoke happened and then the magic just arrived <laughs> on the wall, right? Or mm -hmm. in the 
in the video installation or in the sculpture. And I think that none of that is um, not without hard work. And so what I would say is it would be hard to tell if somebody is going to last that long in their 20s mm-hmm. because people's bandwidth and perseverance and will to do two jobs until they don't have to do two jobs anymore is hard to calculate at a young age. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there's luck. And, yeah. and, and, and honestly, I'd, I'd throw the question of, you know, can curators or other supposed visual arts experts know when they're, you know, come upon a as it were, quote unquote, genius artist or not? Um, I throw the question right back at you because you know you're a you're you're a football fan, uh, and by football I mean soccer. You know you you watch some 15 year old kids, some 16 year old kids playing on the pitch. You know even if they're playing for Arsenal's sort of junior team, um, or in your case Villa's junior team. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I mean, can you tell? You can tell that some of them are, are are you know head and shoulders above the other ones, but you have no clue whether they're actually going to wind up. Mm-hmm. Um, winning the Champions League, or yeah. being, or just getting washed out, exactly. Yeah, or, you know, or being. Never mind the next Messi. We'll just we'll stick with the next Grealish. <laughs> <laughs> I'd take Grealish back any day. Yeah, I bet you would. <laughs> I still love him. Artists who are political, whose art is overtly political, seem to have more. Seem to last longer. I think they. You know, people still talk about them decades later because they had that edge. And I think maybe what some of these artists are doing is is very much engaging in that way. You know, it, it goes in it goes in waves. It goes in cycles. We're clearly in a period in which artists are, are, are thinking very much about the social context, the political context. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, back in the 80s, it was exactly the opposite. Um, uh, you know, we've gone through periods where sales and certain kinds of other sort of other uh, concerns, right, um, have, have been have been far more important in politics and generally even sort of narrative content has been sort of like pushed down. Uh, I think we, we're living in a in a in a special period, uh, in a difficult period. Artists to a great degree are, you know, I'll use that Percy Bysshe Shelley line about being, you know, uh, well, he said it about poets, but I think mm-hmm. in a sense, the unacknowledged, legislators. the unacknowledged legislators of the world. Often, they are the scientists that essentially develop the initial ideas for ways in which we can symbolically represent what's happening to us. But the artists who have their antenna up, right, they're picking up on those interferences and those problems and those issues, in a sense, and getting them down in whatever media they work in. I, I, I think we're fortunate to have a very good representation of top-notch people um, doing just that in this exhibition. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks. You've got me excited at last about this because now I have a better sense of what's going on. Um, I hope the listeners will get out there. Go to converge45.org to read about all this stuff. And there is an actual opening event where people can kind of get together and, you know, socialize as well, right? That's um, August 24th. 1 to 3 p.m., Portland State University, Jordan Schnitzer Museum of Art. That's the first one. We're basically unspooling a series of events from Thursday through Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's all on the website. We're calling it Opening Weekend. There'll be a long list of performances, opening receptions, parties, 
from Thursday the 24th until Sunday the 27th. Oh, okay. So we should set your clocks for Thursday. Yes. Thursday through Sunday at least. And keep them re- running and have <laughs> your marathon stamina for art and socializing <laughs> yeah. turned way there, up. There's no TBA this year, you know, not yeah. like usual. So this could be it. <laughs> My name's Joseph Gallivan. You've been listening to Art Focus on KBOO Portland. My guests this week were Christian Viveros Forney and Derek Franklin. They are the guest curator and artistic director of Converge 45, which is opening this week and officially on August 24th and running through December. Thanks very much for coming into KBU and doing Art Focus, Christian and Derek. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Joseph. Andy Warhol looks a scream, hang him on my wall.